Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hi, and welcome to Reloscope, the Relationship Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm Marie Stella, your host from Melbourne, Australia. Let's start the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Reloscope, the Relationship Science Insights Podcast. Every relationship has its ups and downs. Every relationship is bound to plateau at some point. It is a sentiment that I am quite familiar with. So if you're experiencing that at the moment, my heart is with you. In this episode, we'll be speaking to relationship and marriage fitness coach, Rebecca Islam, to learn about how to brave through a chapter like this and reignite the spark in a dying relationship. Hi, Rebecca. How are you going today? I am awesome. Going great. Thanks for asking. How are you? That's amazing. Uh, fine, thank you. I'm on my second cup of coffee, which is great because I'm trying to cut down from three cups of coffee and I don't think I need one after this. So I'm going strong. Uh, so tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into this. Well, I had few relationship bumps um, in my journey of life. And one day I got into thinking uh, why is this happening to me and why every time and why me? All those questions are coming in. What I've noticed is the con- the common denominator was me. So I wanted to look into myself. What am I doing wrong? What I could be doing better? That took me to a journey of um, knowing myself. And, and that journey has been a very long journey, 13 years now yes and through that that, i came into life coaching just so that i can learn more about myself better myself from there um i decided oh my god this is a revelation everybody needs this and that's when i decided that this is my purpose that god has taken me through all these difficulties so that i can be strong enough to help others who are going through this and that's what brings the idea? My own journey. That's an, that's an amazing story. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to pick your brain yeah. and uh, have you share some of your expertise and your revelations with us. It sounds like a great story. Absolutely. Um, but before we get started, let's get to know you a little bit. This is Have You Met Rebecca Islam? Um, so what is your favorite book? Well, my favorite book is the verbatim word of the almighty creator, um, which I believe to be the Quran. And I go back to it when I need to reflect on myself and what I can do better. It's the go-to book for me. Yeah, that sounds great and really um, self-introspective and self-reflective. Do you have a favorite movie? Yes. 
Avatar. All time favorite. Avatar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which one? The last Airbender or the one with the blue people? Yes. <laughs> no, that the one with the blue people. Yes. Oh, the last Airbender. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. Great movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a favorite podcast? Do you listen to any? Um, yes, I do. Well, um, to toot my own horn, <laughs> I've got my own podcast that's called uh, Divorce Chronicles. But I do also listen to other people's podcasts. And my favorite one is called The Mindset Mentor by Rob Dyer. My favorite, favorite. That's great. You got to toot your own horn sometimes. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yes. um, so what's the last course you've completed? The last course I've completed is um, the Masters of uh, Life Coaching, specializing in relationship coaching and leadership coaching. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. What did you learn there? Um, so much. It's like three, four years course. So I can't wow. be telling, concising everything in just two minutes. But yes, how to how to um, have better relationship and how to be the best person you can be. Which helps being, which helps maintaining and actually flourishing those relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I never realized that life coaching. That like I didn't realize there was a degree in life coaching. Oh, there is. What? Yeah. What kind of like courses do they offer? Oh, they have a certificate course. They have a diploma, a masters. Yes. Um. Also. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that's actually quite a huge range. Um, so let's move on to the interview section. Mm -hmm. um, the first question we like to ask is, how would you define or describe a relationship? Well, um, how I see relationship is how you treat yourself and how you treat others. Everything starts with self, um, your manners, your behavior, what you're talking to yourself. And also the same things goes for how you're treating others, the manners, the behavior, how you're talking to them. Um, and relationship is the connectedness, the connection. The most important that I have seen, if I can bring it down to the core, is how well do you know yourself and how well do you navigate um, those emotions when you are at the high peak emotions and you are at the low lowest of the low emotions that you feel how do you act at those points how do you behave how do you treat others at those points that will define how good relationship you have with self and others yeah that's a really great way of putting it i never really thought of it that way um i don't think i ever actually um reflected on how I treat others when I'm at my highest versus when I'm at my lowest. And I think that's something that I should probably think about more. Um, yeah, cool. In your opinion, does a relationship still hold the same meaning, structure and importance as let's say a decade, like decade. 10 years ago? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I was listening to one of the podcasts from someone and he was saying <laughs> that he listened he heard this from a museum guy who was doing a tour um and because he deals with you know 100 years back things and even more going back he had this 
perspective. And he shared with those group um, of people who were doing the tour that people have been people as long as they have been people. Meaning, as long as you go back, the first human being maybe, our fears, our love, our um, needs, emotions have been the same. What changed is how we have developed ourselves, how we um, how we handle those emotions. So over the last decade, I have uh, what I noticed is so much has changed in terms of how the women have progressed in like taking care of themselves financially. Uh, what opportunities they have in front of them. So now um, people, not only women and men also, can discard things quicker. They don't spend as much time to uh, rebuild and reconnect and fix those things, especially relationship. So I find that um, women have come a long way to take care of themselves, which now makes the men in general, I'm not talking about the minority where there are things going differently. I'm talking about majority. Now, may, men are falling behind in, in terms of um, being the leader they need to be in the family, in, the, in that relationship. Either they are feeling more inferior or they're feeling, um, I don't have the capability, capacity, or I don't just, I just don't want to take that responsibility. I don't want to do it. So yes, um, since last decade, I would say that has plummeted and which has changed the dynamics of the relationship. And people are giving in and creating quicker. Yeah, um, that is very interesting. Um, I agree with you there that I think a lot has changed that has made people feel comfortable um, calling it quits um, before it, bef like before it's too late. Um, and it's very interesting because I come from a different environment and a different cultural background where marriage is so highly sought after. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm from Singapore and it is very difficult to get a flat and you can't get a flat until you're like 35 mm -hmm. if you're single. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people go for um, marriage really young. Mm -hmm. And as a result, like people are less afraid to call it quits or they're more like perseverant they're more resilient mm. um in the relationships but i also have heard like adverse things like some people don't really like that they feel the need to stay in their relationship when they don't want to um so i think it's like it's probably like as much as it's a pro it's a con kind of situation mm. and if people have the free will to do as they please then it's probably would be a very different situation and yeah i see a lot of my friends call it quits quicker mm. um so yeah that's really really interesting to think about mm. um how do you define dating well dating for me what i understand is um getting to know the other person their values their manners their habits their perspective of life of the world um, their belief system, and then finding out uh, the compatibility between the two 
the chemistry, there is that spark, that physical spark that um, with, am I, am I feeling that, you know, being drawn to and um, also finding out about how they process the emotions, um, their peak emotions and their lowest emotions and how they express mm-hmm. those. So when we are able to find out those through, um, you know, chats, through, um, you know, close proximity, we talk about these things, trying to find out um, about each other's habits and values and the things I've mentioned. I think that that is dating. Um, but these days what I see is dating means, you know, um, just first few dates and then you go to bed together and that lasts, however that long lasts, that's dating. But dating is mainly to find out are we compatible in the long run? Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, like once you found out yeah. or like once you have decided you are compatible in the long run, that's when you progress into a relationship. That's right. That's right. It's like uh, getting into a contract. So if you have a business and you make a business proposal, the other party and both parties sees if, they are, if you have the same values, if, if you can have business together. If you don't have similar mindset, then you can't run that business together. And then you go into that contract. Yes, we will do business for whatever long, or, you know, as long as it's beneficial for both of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. don't mean that relationship is business, but at some level, there is this transaction of emotion, transaction of time and energy. So you, in those perspective, yes, you can say it is a, you know, business deal. Yeah, there, there is a parallel there. I yeah. agree with you. Um, what is the role of love within a relationship? What kind of, uh, what what part does it play? What purpose does it give? Well, love to me um, is can I let the other person, the other thing, it could be even a thing, be themselves without me wanting to manipulate to go it my way without me wanting to control um can i let them be autonomous uh, or do i need to hover over them um can i uh, can i love my rejected parts within myself that i hate can i accept those and love those and therefore when i do that i have the capability to to accept the other person's rejected part and the part they don't love about themselves. And when we when we are open and more acceptable to those, love and acceptance flourishes and the and the connection. When when you feel that, you know, whatever what whatever you hate um in within yourself, if I am more open and acceptable to that, you'll feel like this person understands me this person gets me so from there it's easier for you to be more strong on on those uh, areas of life that you feel you need to improve so i think that is love whereas opposite to love is um wanting to control and wanting everything to be gone my way but when i say that i don't mean uh, that i when i'm accepting everything about you that I accept um, 
that you uh, violate my boundaries or you are uh, mistreating or you are being violent and aggressive. You can have all emotion. We can have all our emotion, the good ones, the bad ones, the negative ones, the more comforting ones. But it comes down to, again, I, I have every right to feel those and express those. But am I expressing it in a way that is harmful to you? That is, yeah, mix. Yeah, sorry. So that's sorry. What, what you were saying. Yeah, oh. I, I, I was saying that is love, you know. Now, if I am at my worst on or at my highest emotion, I treat you in a way. Um, it's like bring you close and leave you like hot and cold, hot and cold. So I'm not being there for you. I'm not even being there for myself because what I am doing is creating the worst relationship for me. That means. At that moment, I'm not loving myself as well as I'm not lo loving you or respecting myself or respecting you. So I think love, um, that is love, Let, allowing you to be yourself with the with my boundaries not being violated or, um, or taken advantage of. Yeah, and there's a way to express um, emotions, but like without... Um, putting it on the other person and telling them what to do. You know, it's just like letting them know, hey, this is how I feel. Um, do with it what you want. I would like um, certain things. I don't expect you to do them, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that point. Um, what I am understanding that you are, you, you are saying is knowing that what is acceptable for me or knowing what is my needs, my emotion, and then also what are my non-negotiables? Like these are the things I need, but what are the things that I absolutely need? And if it goes below that, it wouldn't work. So mm -hmm. for us, for us to know that what are my non-negotiables, I need to know myself first. Yeah. I find that the older I grow, the longer the list of my non-negotiables as well which which makes it which makes it sound like really really difficult to get into a relationship but at the same time it's like you kind of know all right well if you get into a relationship then it's 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 a quality one it's it's one of quality and you're not just you know winging it as you go because you know exactly what you want that's right um yeah so in your experience uh what are some common signs uh, or indicators that a relationship is losing its spark? Well, the first and most um, common sign is, am I putting in the effort as I used to uh, before in the dating in the first few months? You know, am I dressing up nicely for the person? Am I smelling nicely for the person? Am I doing my hygiene habits for the person? Um, and then there comes a time when we become too comfortable and we go to each other just for comfort or just for with the negative emotions oh i had a bad day and things yeah there is the there is that um space for that as well but if we are constantly coming to each other with the negativity all the negative that's happening in in our life separately and then coming together just to meet those um you know just to express those negatives that means the negatives are pulling us down and we are expressing that at the same time how many positives are we sharing with each other? How many positive situations are we creating where we feel that feel that you're not uplifting emotions, not just 
only the negative emotions. So is there a balance? Are we creating those balance? Um, but that we only, um, people who are aware will be able to notice that. The people who are not aware, then the surface level uh, symptoms are, am I feeling the same way? Meaning, am I feeling the same way to put in the effort for the other person? Terms of in terms of money, energy, time, in terms of how I look, how I present myself, all those things. Um, so what are some common challenges and obstacles that couples might face when trying to revive their love? Well, um, common challenges would be, you know, um, the their belief. Um, the, the most important is their mindset and then especially their growth mindset. Do they have a growth mindset? And if they don't, they will make everything else. Um, what are people saying? What's the society saying? What will they say? Um, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I'm like that. I, I, I can't be changed. That's who I am. You accept it or you leave it, you know? So those are the mindset and common challenges that people go through. Um, people think, well, this is who I am. Um, I can't change. Um, yeah. Um, and when people get into that mindset, is it completely um, impossible out of reality to even come back from it or overcome these challenges? Absolutely not. It's It starts with mindset. It ends in mindset as well. As soon as you start taking account, auditing your mindset, your, your limiting beliefs or your belief system, your values and your habits, when you when you look into those, you will it it will be very easy to reel back and go to where your mindset was in the beginning of the relationship, or even just when you um, look into those, you will set a vision for the relationship, a purpose for the relationship, and it becomes so easy to um, revive the relationship. So, how like more specifically, how? can people going through these um overcome and overcome the challenges and maintain the momentum in a in a in their relationship so to overcome the challenges they have to um feed their mindset so feeding their mindset would mean they would listen to uh people who are having good relationship who are uh, relationship uh, mindset mentors or even in general mindset growth mindset mentors um, they would be going to, um, there must be a structure to revive that relationship. So the in structure wise would be, do I have people who support us together? Do we support us? Do we support each other in growth, in growth? Um, and then, you know, are we taking maybe counseling, therapy, coaching sessions? Are we actively working on? our own griefs, our, how we handle emotion and knowing our emotion, um, and then processing those in a way and expressing those in a way that is beneficial for um, both of us. So the honeymoon phase, let's talk about that. Um, there are some misconceptions uh, surrounding that idea of the honeymoon phase yeah. and reviving yeah. a relationship um, and that 
oftentimes the honeymoon phase can never be recaptured. What yeah. are your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts, uh, it reminds me of a verse from the uh, glorious Quran that God, the Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he says, if you fear breach between um, you two, then appoint uh, an arbitrator. So this could be some like therapist, counselor, people who can help. And then uh, he goes on to saying um, that something like, if if you both want, if they both want reconciliation, then Almighty Creator will cause that reconciliation. But he also reminds at the same time, indeed, the Almighty Creator um, is ever knowing, and uh, he is acquainted with all, acquainted with Ted with all things. So, meaning sometimes we might verbally say, "Oh, I want to, I want to revive this relationship," yeah. But that I'm not taking into task of my habits, my um, my behavior, manner, my emotion, or how I think, uh, the mindset. But I'm saying just for the purpose of saying, but not taking responsibility uh, towards the growth. Then that's not going to happen. But when genuinely both people are wanting it, God has promised He will make that happen. So my question then becomes: Do we do it? We genuinely want it. If we do genuinely want it, it will show in our action, in our speech, in our thinking. In that case, if one person in the relationship what genuinely does want it Good. and the other is not very as willing, would it work? Yeah, very good question. Uh, thanks for asking that. It would still work. It would not be as easy as when both of you are wanting it, it will still work. It's like, have you done a three-legged race, um, Eva? Uh, I can't s- wait. I think I probably have in like primary school or something. Yeah. One of those like sports days. Yeah. Um, sorry, when you said three-legged race, I was thinking of myself having three legs. Man. And I was like, I can't say I have three legs. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But yeah, I know bad. what you're talking about now. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty sure I've done it before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's two people. They're... Uh, um, it just and legs are tied together. So now you, you have three legs. Yeah. Yes. And then if you work together, if you can find your rhythm, you won't and you are you have the speed, you won't um be able to run and win that game. But just imagine it's a three legged race, yeah. So the, the, these are the two people coming together, these two legs are bound together. Mm-hmm. Now you are trying to run and take it, move it forward, and this person just sits down. Is it still, um, uh, like, is it still possible to move forward? Yes. Just imagine the speed. Yeah, it's just gonna take a while and a lot more effort. Yes, yes, it is yeah. possible, and you can reach that point, but it won't be as enjoyable. It won't be as easy and less time consuming, uh, and. Yeah, I guess those are the points, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's a really good analogy. I have to admit, every time I've done a three-legged race, yeah. uh, I'm always the weakling <laughs> because it's not because I don't want to do it. It's just because I am 
a lot more physically unfit than the other person yeah. and i'm also very physically uncoordinated <laughs> so yeah. uh, okay. but i'm trying yeah well that's <laughs> you that, know that's a good thing i'm trying and willingness to try and learn and be better yeah that's a lot to do then, yeah, guess. exactly yeah. i love the analogy that's gonna stick with me yeah. um so do you think it's possible to create new sparks in a long-term relationship when it's already plateauing Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and that's that's the work I do, and many other professionals would do as well. I um I would believe and assume, um it is absolutely. Currently, I'm running um this uh, online event web masterclass called um, "How to Get Your Honeymoon Days Back in Your Marriage." So it is absolutely possible. That's- so, what are some ways that you recommend to your clients? Um go um, because if you could do it yourself you would have done it so you would need at this point external help so either you do it yourself which will take much longer read a lot of books like i have read a listen to a lot of uh, podcasts like i have and maybe um spend 13 years like i have and learn <laughs> or you can go and um go to people who have already done those uh, steps for themselves they are ahead of you and just plug and play it. The things that's needed for you from them and learn those and apply those instead of uh, investing uh, 13 years or almost about one and a half, uh, one, yeah, $100,000, one and $150,000 or more of, um, you know, money of my own money um, in those um, de- developing those areas of mine. So it's up to you how you want to go about it. Mm-hmm. I always like the idea of seeking external help because sometimes, you know, both parties are biased. Inevitably, you have some biasedness towards yourself and um, seeking that party help always, always, always um, assists in, you know, just, well, taking a lot of the angry emotions out of it a bit and making like the tone you're speaking in a bit more neutral. And then that way the other person doesn't feel so attacked because sometimes you can do that when we are high on emotions. It's just who we are. We are human. Um, so, sp- yeah. so spot on. So, yeah. yeah. So and couples therapy, is it should be normalized. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying. Sorry. Uh, what I wanted to add actually was it's, it's like coming back to again business partnership again or starting a new business are you gonna be dumb enough to do thousand of mistakes by yourself and learning yes doing making those mistakes are very important but don't keep making the same mistakes and just think more smartly if somebody has made those mistakes ahead of you why not learn from them and then avoid the, making those mistakes yourself and wasting that money, time, and energy in your business. So you would go to consultants, hire people who can, you know, show you how to do things better in your business. You know, hire a sales coach, hire whatever the business coaches you are hiring and external help you're getting. So if you are doing that for your business or even for your employment, um, you are continuously learning and updating your skills. Why wouldn't you? do that for your relationship Mm -hmm. i did hear that um that's a lot of couples go to 
couples therapy when it's already far too late and everything is crumbling down? How true is that? And um, how amendable are things at that point? Yeah, so um, that that does happen a lot and it is still amendable. Um, but again, the question becomes, uh, if I can refer back to the verse of the Quran that where the Almighty says, um, you know, if you really want um, reconciliation, he takes the responsibility of making it happen. But that also means, are you taking the responsibility? Because in the next line, he says, um, the Almighty Creator is the ever knower and uh, most uh, well acquainted with, you know, what you think and what you're doing. So um, even if at the end of our tether, we are going to, uh, we're seeking help, external help, are we putting the maximum effort? Are we giving it our all? Or are we just like, okay, I'll give it a shot. I will see if it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know? What is the attitude I'm taking there? The laid back attitude and putting the responsibility on the on the person and on God. Oh, God said it's gonna happen, so it's gonna happen. I want it. No, God wants to see you are putting the effort as well. That's why he goes on to say, that he knows everything and he is well acquainted with what you do. So yeah, go to the therapist uh, or the counselor or the the coach, whoever you're seeking help from, even if it's at the end of your tether, but give it your all and it is possible to revive your relationship. Absolutely. It's like you kind of um, get out of it what you put in. Oh, so spot on. I love that. <laughs> um, so are there any other misconceptions about a dying about dying relationships yeah. that we haven't touched on? Yeah, there's so many. Um, like um, you know, I think I've I've mentioned a few already that I can't change, what would people say? And things like, um, oh that's just who I am, accept it or leave it. Those are uh, those are a few of the things that would be the misconceptions, and you know what would what do the counselors know? They're not in the same boat. They're not in the sh- uh, same shoes. Uh, they haven't experienced it. They just read it in on the books, um, so they don't get me. Those sort of mindset uh, or misconception. Uh, if you bring it to the plate, it becomes hard for you to uh, revive the relationship, and even just makes you hopeless that um, there is um, light at the end of the tunnel. This can this can be bright future together again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And are there any potential like benefits or rewards that can come out of this recuperation process? Do couples ever feel like, you know, they come back stronger from this? Um, so on and so forth for example yeah absolutely they um people who put as you as you have rightly put it so beautifully that uh you get what you put in yeah (laughs) exactly so however you have put in whatever you have put in you will reap that um result reap the fruit you know um yeah um are there any specific practices or exercises couples can use to reconnect both physically and emotionally um for example a getaway obviously a getaway is not going to solve anything but you know it's kind of like well you can do all this 
on a getaway somewhere and that might help mm. or maybe like daily activities together something like that mm. do you have any specific practices that you'd recommend yeah i would say the practice would go in several layers so the first would be in the emotional uh, level so are we um, first of all again coming to my own emotion am i understanding my emotion my needs what i want I, am i clear on those and then understanding the other person's emotions and then connecting with them emotionally, their love language, understanding their love language, understanding my love language and working together to meet each other's love language and the love cups. So that's the emotional level, understanding the sexual level as well, uh, what each each one of us like, and then are we giving those, are we, are we creating a safe space to talk about it and um, making an effort to give the other person that even if it's sort of makes me feel a little bit awkward because it's out of my comfort zone. So the growth mindset comes there. Uh, it comes to intellectual level. Um, are we reading, studying similar sort of things um, so that we can talk about, even if it's not similar sort of things, whatever the person is interested in and whatever I'm interested in, do we talk to each other and educate each other on each other's um, you know, passion and topics of interest um, intellectually? that comes to physical and recreational level as well. So are we doing similar sort of activities that brings us uh, close together? And then uh, even if it's not similar, if that person might not like what I like. Are we putting an effort to be there for them or giving them the space to enjoy and explore their own um, interest? It might not be by interest. Or can I put an effort to show interest in that and be more um more inquisitive and uh curious to know and learn um the other person's interests as well so it goes in many different levels and creating those exercise how how knowing each other's uh, interests and then creating some uh, practices around those the most important i would say is the exercise into healing your own trauma each one's own trauma so that we can be present for each other emotionally and through that emotional connection every other connection can be made yeah i relate so hard to the last point you made about healing your own trauma because oftentimes like if you don't heal your own trauma there's no way you can help out with someone else yeah. um and I feel like that's something I see in a lot of my friends' relationships as well. I'm not going to name names, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so what advice would you give to individuals who feel discouraged or overwhelmed by, the, by that swamp of information that you just shared? No. You know, there's so many things that go hand in hand, yeah. so many levels to it. Yeah. Um, it can feel quite overwhelming yeah. especially at the start yes definitely yes so how do we eat how do you eat uh an elephant one bite at a time <laughs> <laughs> so take one one section take an account of uh, all the areas of your life and your emotions and your needs and then um try and learn and grow in each area uh one at a time and then it will become more uh, chewable. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One at a time. Uh, <laughs> and how 
can they stay motivated and persevere through this? What more? What? Sorry, I missed that. Uh, how could they stay motivated, motivated and pers- yeah, and persevere through it? Um, challenging oneself, challenging oneself to be the better leader, the best leader, the best version of themselves they can be. Uh, having that growth mindset and putting systems around the, themselves to achieve that growth mindset to to work to work um, within that uh, growth mindset. So let's say instead of just Netflixing, why don't we do something maybe creative, maybe uh, recreational, fun, or we also one or the other, and it will change and vary. Um, can we learn something about our own self, our childhood trauma? Can we learn about relationship? Can we learn about each other's um, love language and and so on and so forth? And then thus and maintaining that uh, spark. Did you say what was the question? Maintaining that. Oh uh, yeah. How can one stay motivated and persevere to reignite yeah. the spark? Yeah. So. Staying motivated depends on what you are putting in. So if you are putting in rubbish, you will feel rubbish. If you are putting in through visual, through ears, through mouth, if you're, whatever you're putting, consuming uh, will become your motivation. If you are listening to sad songs all the time, you're going to feel sad all the time. You know? <laughs> if, oh my God. Yeah. I feel so called out. <laughs> <laughs> So can we switch our listening to sad songs to to a podcast that that's inspiring, that's motivating, that that helps me feel like yeah, I can do this, and let me take an action on this. Can I? Yeah, fair enough. Maybe I should start listening to some um, more upbeat material. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when should? Sorry, let me rephrase this question because I actually just thought of it. Um, so when should couples know when to call it quits instead of persevering through it? Is there a point in time or is there some kind of sign yeah. um, to show that, you know, it's time to call it quits, it's not worth it, it's time to move on? Yeah, so it it, it is actually such multi-layered thing you have asked and it is so uh, different for each individual depending on their situation their financial situation and safety and security and every, everything else emotional situation sometimes they they might feel all my because of those things children involved property involved they might think i want to you know try more but are you trying in the right way are you seeking the right help First of all, once you have sought right help, the right tools, so you cannot, you cannot open, you cannot undo a screw with a wrench. You know, are you using the right tools? Um, are you putting the right efforts? Once you have done those, once you have first of all found out what the right tools are, and then put an effort um, in those tools um, with those tools, and asking for this external help. Um, try to make make yourself the best version of yourself, the best leader you can be. And then when the other person does the same, it becomes easier when the other person doesn't and they don't, you have a growth mindset, they don't have a growth mindset. 
you you try all um all the tools that are given by your therapist your counselor your um coach and you have you show effort and patience and even after that nothing is changing then you got to ask yourself have i given everything i could um is this person ever gonna show up for me and from there you you have choices you can either stick with the person and knowing that that's the best i'm gonna get from this person and we're doing um this relationship work self-healing leadership and everything that comes with it you'll see you have more resilience um and, and you can persevere more and you have more um strength to deal with that kind of behavior from the other person but that doesn't mean you have limitless you know so you gotta ask at some point do i continue knowing that this is the best i'm gonna get from this person or um do i know that i have done everything and there is something better waiting for me even if there there, there is nobody waiting for me i am there for myself at least there is no one to drag me down so um, so you have a choice to change it, to accept it, or to leave it. So that becomes your point after you have given it your all, learning uh, the tools, going to the right people, seeking help from the right people, working on yourself. Then you are at a at a point where you can ask those questions. But before that, I think it's too early. Mm-hmm. That's a really good answer. Um, you did mention before, you know, just briefly several reasons why uh, people might want to stay in a relationship and reignite it. What are some wrong reasons that people stay in relationships and as a result, maybe years on or later on in life, um, it eventually falls apart because it all started with the wrong reasons. Yeah. So the wrong reasons are the very same things I have mentioned, the society, what would society say, the property, the, I understand the complication of it, but these are the wrong reasons. My, they, they make um, family, friends, or their uh, children. And as an excuse, uh, I'm staying there, especially if it's a, it's an, a physically, emotionally abusive relationship. And they are saying, uh, we are staying together um, to have a family, otherwise, they will be like from a broken family, broken family kids are not brought up in, in a good way or their you know, psyche and everything. But being in an abusive family is much worse and much more detrimental for the kids. Um, that's what we, kids are just an excuse. It's, it's about, can I handle it if I leave the relationship? And most people, are fearful that they can't handle handle it because they don't uh, believe that they are enough to handle it or they don't believe they can put that hard work um, to handle it. People are scared of hard work, um, but they don't realize what they are doing is harder. So um, one might be afraid of going to gym and train themselves to to lift 150 kilo weight. Yeah, they have to train themselves, but training is a hard work. It's consistency, it's discipline. But they are uh, holding on to half a cup filled uh, glass, a a water cup for years and years. That 
makes your arm go sore and makes it worse for your posture and your, you know, ligaments and your joints. If you're holding that for 30 years, that is harder work. People don't realize that, but they are thinking, or it's a half field. Um, it's it's probably 200 grams of water. It's it's not heavy. So I'll, I'll not go to the gym and make, build my muscles because that's heavier. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it definitely does make sense. And it also sounds like um, people don't realize this because that harder work they're doing is all they've ever known. Yeah. And that less hard but still hard work, yeah. um, they're afraid to pursue it because they they don't know how to do it yeah. and it's just it's a very frightening experience yeah. to go from one thing that you've always known to another right that's right and they don't they don't see in the long run this is taking a toll on my body and and my mental health my physical health everything whereas going to the gym and you know building myself up um is hard for that moment but i am getting stronger so People doubt themselves. They have limiting beliefs about themselves that they can't handle it by themselves. They can't handle it physically, mentally, emotionally, um, finance-wise. And therefore, they stay in that marriage um, and going mentally more and more broke. Um, so are there any re resources such as books, workshops, or types of therapy that you would recommend for couples looking to revive their relationship. Absolutely. Um, so start with reading mindset books, relationship books. It uh, could be something like, you know, knowing your attachment style, knowing, knowing a love language. It could be how you communicate, negotiate, those sort of books, psychology books, um, you know, understanding behavior and patterns, uh, self-healing books, um, how you he heal your uh, childhood trauma. And with trauma, people might think, oh, I didn't have um, like an external trauma, like plane crash or somebody, you know, died in, in a road accident or I myself had an accident or PTSD, somebody coming back from a war. They, they are traumas, yes, uh, very uh, visible, but there are emotional wounds, emotional traumas as well we go through in ch uh, childhood, yeah, in our childhood. It's like the neglect. I, I needed a hug and my mother or my father said they didn't even realize and they pushed me away. That is a trauma for, for a child. And our childhood um, biology determines, becomes our biography in adulthood. So we will run uh, those trauma cycles, the trauma understanding and the adaptation and how we have uh, learn to navigate those trauma and those rejection we would do the same thing over and over again those same patterns that we have learned from our childhood not knowing not understanding that um, those are outdated versions outdated softwares i don't need it now i need to change uh, my software uh, meaning my childhood you know uh, thinking patterns so uh, work on your traumas everybody has that you know, even if you haven't gone um, to fight a war and lost an arm and a leg, everybody has that. Um, what else? Um, yeah, go go seek counseling, therapy, or uh, life coaching. I myself um, do a lot 
lots of workshops and masterclasses and run courses for people who want to shorten their um, uh, journey and learning. Um, yeah. I love that you used the term software. Yeah. Because that that makes it sound a lot more um, appro- approachable and relatable. We are all kind of familiar with the idea of software updates. Yeah. And it's just essentially the same thing, but with yourself. And I guess you have to be the one doing the updating. Yeah. Um, because just as phones need software updates, we need software updates. Yeah. Um, yeah, it I keeps, love that. It keeps coming to you. Do you want to update? We say no. Are we doing <laughs> no, thing? tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's what I keep procrastinating. <laughs> so are we doing the same in our relationship and emotional management? You know. Yeah. All right. So now we move on to questions from the audience. Um, the first question is: Are there any common mistakes that couples make when trying to revive the spark, and how can they be avoided? Yeah, and the, the common mistakes are that the other person need to change. I don't need to change. They need to make make the effort and they need to understand me. Wow. Mm-hmm. The approach should be, I need to understand myself and the other person and I need to understand what I can do better, where I can do better um, and support the other person, not just seeking support. Yes, I'm going to say what I need, but if that's only that's the only thing I'm focused on, then it's not going to work. So it is, it is about what I am bringing in for myself uh, to meet my own needs and emotion, and then also for the other person. And how can I be better instead of just wanting the other person to understand me and do better? Mm-hmm. It's like also kind of leading by example. Um, if the other person sees you. Um, exercising some empathy and understanding they might be a bit more open to um replicating these actions as well absolutely um so what role does intimacy and physical connection play in reigniting the spark well i think intimacy and physical connection as in do you mean the sex or do you mean the physical touch or emotional intimacy if you could be yeah, well, emotional intimacy and also physical connection. So I guess a bit of both. Yeah. So you see, the the I would say the physical intimacy would come if the emotional intimacy and safety of the person involved are met. Um, that is um, that is the product or that is the consequence of having a good process, meaning that. When you work on your emotion and how to uh, build that connection, emotional connection, or how to make it safe for the other person emotionally so that they can open up, meaning I'm not going to taunt them, I'm not going to tease them, I'm not going to be sarcastic when they open up, or I'm not going to mock them, or use it as a as a weapon, a weapon when, when the other person is vulnerable and showing their weaknesses or telling, expressing their weaknesses, I don't take it write it down and use it as, you know, as ammunition, ammunition yeah. later. So when I can do that and make the space between us safe for the other person and the other person can relax into themselves, then the physical connection, those were the process, right? 
then the physical connection is an automatic um, logical sequence of the process the physical touch the physical um, you know um, the sex all those things now um, if I am not like even with you if I don't feel safe if we were uh, face to face um, I wouldn't hug you or if I don't know if do you like to be hugged I wouldn't hug you so I have to know what you like what you don't like if you are going to respond and when we ha have built, built that relationship it's easy for me and both of like both of us to hug each other yeah but when we are upset at, at each other if I go and touch you you'll be like don't like don't you know that subtle touch like I'm not ready you know and I don't want that connection so the physical beat is is the logical sequence of the emotional safety we have created for each other. That's really, really good advice. Um, so how important is it for couples to make time for each other and prioritize their relationship in order to re revive the love? Absolutely. I don't think it's at all important. And not at all important. Really? Yeah. You know why? That's surprising. Yeah, surprising. yeah why? Let me, yeah, let me, I wonder why. Let me explain. Yeah. So it depends how important is a relationship to me. Say I want to go to London. How important is um, me or my home country? How important is it for me to visit my home country or go to London or whatever country I, I want to go to? How important is it will determine how much money I am um, willing to spend on it, time, energy, I'm willing to spend on it, how much money, how much I am willing to say, what vehicle am I using? Am I using my own car? Am I using an airplane? So if I'm going to the airport, I'll, I'm going to make sure that I don't miss my flight. I'm going to make sure the car I'm taking doesn't break down in the middle of the road. You know, I'm going to make sure my car is serviced properly so that the breakdown doesn't happen. So how important is it for me to go that go to that reach that destination will will uh, determine how much effort I'm going to put in all of these um, steps, all of these steps. So if I don't want to go there or if somebody is pushing me to go there, I'll make, I'll make sure something goes wrong and I don't go there and reach there. So your question was how important is it to, um, if you could make, yeah, make time for each other and prioritize their relationship. Exactly. So now if we can change those each step into, um, making time and making energy for each other and. Uh, using the tools, using the process um, for each other. It depends on how important is it for you, to you, that relationship, or what is right. What is that goal of your relationship? How much do you want the relationship? If right, so it's really like a case by case basis. Yes, and I guess it's also um, it also depends on whether your love language is quality time, um, and then again. It's quality time, not quantity time, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's more about what you do together, and yeah. Um, First of all, you what, have to decide yeah. if, if the relationship is important enough for you. Then anything mm -hmm. else, um, does it affect 
do you realize that your that relationship, if or does it affect other part of your um, other areas of your life? So do you think if that relationship breaks down, you will be a mess uh, in other areas of your life? If you realize that, you're gonna you're gonna do everything to maintain it. That's the vehicle. You're gonna do everything to maintain your car to go to the airport. Does that make sense? Yes, that definitely does make sense. Um, I believe that's all the questions from the audience yeah. that we have. Yeah. Now we're moving on to the open mic and this is your chance to talk about anything that you're passionate about. It doesn't have to be related to the topic as long as it's not about politics or religion. So the floor is yours. <laughs> Take it away. So I am really actually passionate about relationship, leadership, knowing myself, um, knowing my needs, understanding my wounds, my um, childhood triggers, my childhood trauma, and healing those. I'm really, really uh, big on those things. I'm big on helping people. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, right now what uh, keeps me going. Yeah, and that's lovely. I I relate to that so hard because I just. Um, turn well I'm turning 25 this year so it's like my mid-20s it's a milestone uh and for once I feel like I'm getting somewhere with regards to like improving myself and healing my childhood trauma or teenage trauma and I feel like I'm focusing on myself now more than ever and it's so rewarding Beautiful. And I, I congratulate you. You are so young and you already realize that these are the areas that you need to you need to work on. And I'm not that young. How old are you? How young are you? How young am I? Well, let's just say... Uh, uh, Give me a ballpark. Yeah, yeah, close to 40 around. Yeah. What? No way. Yeah. You don't look a day over like... 33. <laughs> Thank you. And so the much. only reason I said 33 is because you mentioned something about like 13 yes, years. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that sounds like something a 20 year old might do. Yeah. So that's, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm very shocked. Drop your skincare routine. Um, I'm very impressed. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you. Um, so if our listeners want to find out more about you, where can they go? They can find me on uh, Facebook. Uh, if they um, go and search on Facebook by Rebecca Islam, they can find me on YouTube. They can find me on LinkedIn. Currently, I'm locked out of LinkedIn, though. Um, That's unfortunate. That is, yeah. Um, also, um, uh, yeah, those are the main platforms you will be able to find me and message me, and I will get in touch with you. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining us today. If you want to find her, you can go to her socials, Rebecca Islam. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and we will and catch Rebecca you next And Rebecca with episode. one C, if I can add. Rebecca, Rebecca with, one with one C. Yes. We will yes. type it down in yeah, the show will... notes so people sure. don't make a spelling error. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for tuning thank in. You. We'll catch you next episode. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Veloscope, the Relationship Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Live Management Science Labs. 
For more episodes like this from 10 different life management perspectives, search LMSL on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts so you can get updated on everything we have to offer. We have a wide range of topics readily available for you to check out. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it and subscribing to our channel as it helps us grow and bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website at re.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Marie Stella. Thanks for tuning in.